0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. This is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in our studio. On Friday mornings at 9 a.m., presently we are discussing Bible faith in light of the cross. Well, everything we discuss, we discuss through the light of the cross because there's where all of God's words that are in righteousness are revealed to us in the gospel so that you and I can learn to go from faith to faith. What a blessing and a privilege it is to be here today with you. And I encourage you to share these broadcasts with others. Invite them to watch on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. as we discuss the word of God in, 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 in in the proper light. His name is Jesus and what he did it at Calvary, makes Him the light to us. And the confirmation of that is the Bible tells us that the Word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The written Word of God. Jesus comes along and says He is the light of God. He's the light of the world. And then we see in Revelation 21 and 23 that it's the Lamb who is the light? So, which is it? Is it the Word? Is it Jesus? Or is it the Lamb? It's all three. You can't ever separate them when you're dealing with God's Word. Are you going to have confusion and you're going to have a, a, a misdirection and you're going to end up not being led by the Holy Spirit? Because all of God's words are going to be found in the light of the living word and what he did as the lamb so that that living word can become alive in our own hearts and provide us with each step to take on the path of righteousness, the only path that God leads us on. Again, this is... Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. This is Bible Faith and Light of the Cross, Part 10. And I just encourage you to get your Bibles. We're going to be in a troublesome place in the Word for so many people, a controversial place for so many people. But if you're looking through the blood... It's not controversial and it's not troublesome. James chapter 2. We're not scared of it. Matter of fact, the places we used to be scared of in the Bible, we're no longer scared of those places because it's the light of Christ, the blood of Jesus that gives us our eyesight into all the passages from Genesis to Revelation. We don't have perfect understanding of all things, but that day's coming soon. But what we do have is the opportunity, the Bible says, to see Jesus. And it's through him alone that we hear God, that we see what God is doing in and through our lives and others' people's lives. And so uh, unless we're hearing Jesus and seeing Jesus, then we're not hearing and seeing properly. And he's the one that taught us we better be careful how we hear and what we hear, because that, my friends, is going to determine what we are given, what we're able to keep, and even that which is taken from us. So we need to be careful. Here in the book of James today, chapter 2, and again, this is part 10 of this series. You can find these uploaded on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson316, or the Pastor Curtis Facebook page, or the Spreaker app. Our channel is for those who have ears to hear. And again, please help others find this, these avenues to hear the Word of God in its proper context, which is the, the righteousness that is revealed in the gospel. And, and just get away from everybody else who's not pointing to the cross as they teach God's word because they're not pointing you in the right direction. And uh, we've learned that we're not going backwards, my friend. We're coming out of all that <clears throat> entanglement into witchcraft and voodoo and all the things that's wrapped itself to, around the church these days and infiltrated and pretty much just about taking it over. And you know that if, when you listen to a minister, if he's not opening the scriptures and pointing you to Calvary, you got big issues there. You're giving your money to a place God's not placed you, and he's not placed you there. And you know, many people today say, well, God hadn't told me to leave. They never even have the thought that he never told you to go there to begin with. You, you had a friend there or a mother or, or that's been the, the local building called a church in your family history, but are they preaching the message of the cross? And what we're going to be talking about today is that just because words say they are doesn't mean they are. Words, words do not manifest faith. I hope you, we're going to see that in the Bible today. The fruit of faith, is the works of faith. We're going to see that today. And I pray the Lord impart the truth into your heart that you and I desperately, we need the truth in our heart. If if we're going to be real and honest about biblical matters, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, is only going to guide us into the truth of the word. He's not just going to get us to memorize scripture. I hope we are doing that. But he, he, he's going to, the Holy Spirit teaches us the truth of the word, which is the gospel. Proverbs 12 and 17, paramount scripture. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. And and it goes right along with Romans 1, 16 and 17 that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. So it's the gospel truth and the truth of the gospel. And when we try to separate it, and I have to talk about this all the time, and for the sake of you who know this, let me assure you none of us know it and have it as we should or we'd be sharing these things more than ever before and uh, we need to hear it over and over again, and multiplied millions who are saved don't have a clue of what we're talking about at this moment. And it's crucial, it's vital that you know these things because you can't, you can't move forward. The church, you can't take one step forward from faith to faith unless the righteousness of God's word is being revealed to you in the gospel. Many would disagree with this because they're so bound in pretending, in pretending. That's using God's word, seeing God's word in certain pretext instead of true context. And we've got to get away from all that. And we've got to get away from all them that are doing that. I hate to be ugly. I, I hope I'm not sounding ugly, but we've got to get away from all that. And we've got to get away from all them who are doing that. Hallelujah. God knows Best where you need to be planted. And it might not be with grandma and grandpa's old church that's been in the uh, church uh, family, in the family for years and years and years. But it is, it is somewhere where they're preaching God's Word in its righteous context, the truth of the gospel. Hallelujah. And His righteousness is being shown. Hallelujah. James chapter 2, if you're still with me. (laughs) Some can't even take the intro, hallelujah. James chapter 2, verse 14. What does it profit, my brothers, though a man say he has faith, but he doesn't have works? Can faith save him? And it's one of those questions where it's an answer with it. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Watch, we'll go on and see that because he gives us an example here. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be ye warned, warmed and filled, notwithstanding you don't give them the things which are needed to the body, what does it profit? Even so, that's a, he said, did you hear the example? Even so, like that, faith, if it has not works, it's not faith at all. It's dead. And anything dead don't work. Anything dead doesn't work. Faith without works is a faith that's not, it's dead. It's dead. I want you to get that today. The devil has done a good job at what he does that's so bad over the last hundred or more years bringing lies into the church, flatteries into the pulpits of God's church. Just telling us that you you speak things into existence. Here the Bible says that's not faith. Here the Bible says that's not faith. The Bible says that faith has works and that if there are no works, that faith you're speaking be warmed, be filled, peace be unto you. Unless you did something to help, did do something to help that person, your words meant nothing. Did you see that in the Bible? (laughs) See, we've been duped. We've been duped. I want you to know this morning, I I want you to hear this. The devil himself is a beyond a professional an expert at lying he's the father of all lies and and he only has one avenue of deceit and deception to be able to to steal and to kill and to destroy only he only has one avenue and that's Flatteries. Do you know Daniel 11 teaches that when the Antichrist shows up one day, the position, the entrance that he's allowed to have will be through flatteries. That's that's his same... That's been the way he functions from the beginning, trying to give uh, God's people... Uh, uh, some, some mindset that there's a higher enlightenment they can walk in and, and that God's keeping from them that they, need, that they need to listen to him to be able to get. That's what he did to Eve. He flat out called God a liar, told Eve God was lying. You're not going to die when you eat of this tree. You'll just have the knowledge God has. You, you'll, be able to, you'll be able to know what God knows. See that, high, that promise of higher enlightenment flattered her. She, she bought it and ran with it and, and died from it. I want you to know that. Flattery. It's flattery, it's lies, it's, it's seek. It's the church instead of staying planted with their faith in the only object God has given them to be able to allow it to function, that's the cross of Jesus Christ. When we place it in other things, it's because our, our flesh has lusted after some false way of a higher enlightenment. Let me just say it this morning. It doesn't get any higher than Jesus being delivered up on the cross. For all of you, that's, that's as high as it gets right there. That you want a higher enlightenment? Come back to the place of the cross there. You'll find God enlightening you. Everything else is not God enlightening you. That's why the Bible teaches that, that it's either faith in the cross and the Holy Spirit transforming conforming us into the image of Christ or it's faith in something else and we're attempting to self-transform, transform transform ourselves by what we do. Do you understand that? And that is satanic ministry. Paul told the church in Corinth, don't marvel that Satan has transformed himself as an angel of light and his ministers as, as ministers of righteousness and they're not. I hate to say it, but I don't care how well they're dressed, how well they can speak. If they don't open their Bibles and point you to Calvary, my friend, they're teaching you self-transformation, and it's all of the enemy. It's all of the enemy. Who are we to be given 70, 80, maybe 90 years to live in this old world? Who do we think we are to try to change God's Word? Who do we are... Who do we think we are to try to exalt ourselves and, and allow all these false, deceptive, higher planes of enlightenment? Like, Oh, you're the, you can be the prophet of your own life. You, you can speak yourself into your future. And, and we know that words are powerful. The, the Bible says that life and death is found in the, in the power of the tongue. That's true, but not in the way the devil teaches it in the church today. But God's righteous ministers of righteousness will tell you the truth, that the tongue that declares the gospel is the tongue that offers life. The tongue that holds back the gospel and speaks another way is the tongue that declares death. That's the meaning of that scripture, not you're the prophet of your own life and, and, and you can declare this. That's faith declaring. No, faith is works that follow faith. faith. True faith has works that follow it. You need to understand that. Here we're lear- we learn in James chapter 2 that if all you're doing is speaking and there's no fruit of doing behind it, my friend, that's not faith. That faith is dead. Do you know that when you were born again, Jesus gave you the measure of faith? He gave it to you because you believed with the heart unto righteousness, Romans 10 and 10. In 2 Peter 1 and 1 says we've obtained that like precious faith along with the saints of there in the, in the early church through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you these scriptures, I hope you're writing them down. I hope you're sitting under a pastor somewhere that's telling you these things often and on a regular basis because we have a tendency to forget because we have a flesh that loves to run off and get entangled in other things. We need to be very careful. We need to be very careful that it's not, I'm going to make this statement today, it's not not what you've been given, it's not what you have that's the most important. Most important is what you're doing with what you've been given. If you don't guard it, if you don't maintain it, if if you don't guard that that you've been given, if you don't Keep that that faith you've been given. Hebrews chapter 2 says, it'll slip away. We will slip away if we don't give the more earnest heed to those things we've heard the way that faith comes by. What we've heard, we, we keep it. Hallelujah. It's not what you have. Oh, praise God for what we have. But it's not what you have. And it's not what you say you have. It's what others See that you have. That's fruit and that's what Jesus is looking for. And here through James, a valuable lesson is being taught and it and it rebukes and refutes the false teachers that say you speak things into existence by faith. Here the Bible says you don't do that. Here the Bible says that's not the way it works. Here the Bible says that your works are your actions and you... <coughs> Helping those who are needy in this example given here. This is the, an example given here by James so that we'll know if we just tell somebody, be at peace and be warm and be filled, and God bless you, hope everything. No, things are going to work out for you. I prophesy to you, things are going to work out for you. But you don't help them? That wasn't faith. James says, the Holy Spirit here says, that wasn't faith. Because faith is dead without works. Oh my goodness. Faith is dead without works. And people who don't believe this, people who, well, I don't care what you say, I know what I've been taught by Pastor so and so. Listen, you're still looking at a man. You need to put your eyes in the Word of God. Those are the ones who have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Not those who read the word and say, well, this is, this oh, here's what we get out of it. No, we read the Bible and what the Bible says, that's what we get out of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us back to a, a place called simplicity, the simplicity of Christ. I know uh, John wrote that we don't need somebody trying to tell me something different. We've got the anointing within all of us as Christians, and he says it's the truth. It's not some quiver and shiver and a quake and a shake that people have been entangled in calling that the anointing. Uh-uh. The, I, I'm, oh, glory to God. I thank God for the people coming back to simple Bible faith. The Bible says it. I don't need to add to it or take away from it. I don't need to call that or that the anointing when the Bible says the anointing is the truth. The anointing is the truth. The anointing is the truth and truth is Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory to God and every word, ever jot and ever tittle in the written word of God in that context. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's watch this now. Verse 17 Even so, just like that example, if Faith has not works, it's dead, (coughs) because it's alone. You might need to write that down. Faith alone is dead. Faith, biblical faith, true faith, this measure of faith we've been given, if it's functioning, it's never alone. That means works always follow. Let's talk about that. because we don't we don't want to just focus exclusively on us doing because true biblical faith is the moving and the operation of the holy spirit because the spirit of truth is also the spirit of grace Come on now, ha ha, the spirit of grace, grace is not something floating around just covering us till we get to heaven. No, grace is God at work. But for the spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit to function in my life, he's looking for something. He's looking for faith. He can't guide me into all truth unless I believe his teaching me, showing me that truth is what I need, showing me truth. I've got to follow the leading of the spirit of truth who is also the spirit of grace and that's a life called by grace, by what he's doing, what he's teaching me, what he's giving me the confidence to be able to follow him into is the spirit of truth's teaching of the truth of Jesus Christ. Those aren't all separate things. The Spirit of Truth shows me truth to teach me truth, so that He can He can guide me into all truth. And that's when we see it as grace, the Spirit of grace, because it's Him doing. Jesus said, "You can't do anything without Me. You can't do anything without Me." That's twofold. You can't. We can't do anything. By his spirit, he was talking in John 15, 5 there, of bearing fruit. Proper biblical faith always bears fruit. Always. If there's no fruit, then it wasn't faith. Faith always has works, but notice it's the works of the Holy Spirit. That's why we come to the conclusion that faith and grace is a work of God. Both. Both. He gave us the measure of faith, Romans 12 and 3, the moment we believed with the heart unto righteousness, Romans 10 and 10, we obtained that like, that, that like precious faith through that righteousness, the believing with the heart under righteousness, 2 Peter 1 and 1. And that measure of faith only works in the avenue through which it was given to us to begin with. If we try to place, if we try to use that measure of faith we were given that only functions through faith in Christ and His redeeming work at Calvary, if we try to use, if we think, and I need to say that this morning, if I think I can use that faith, to go back under the law of doing this and doing that for maturity, for conforming, being conformed into His image, then it's, I'm no longer using the measure of faith. I'm just back to a faith that's a faith that the whole world has. Because the faith we've been given, the measure of faith we've been given Those under the law are shut up unto that. Galatians 3, 23. Under the law, we are shut up and cut off from that faith. Galatians 3, write it down. Galatians 3, 23 through 25. That faith, the measure of faith, that like precious faith only functions in the avenues that you received it in, faith in Christ and Him crucified. I hope you're getting that. I hope you will come away from the false teachers or those of you who have. I hope you're being more equipped for the days ahead because the deception, listen, it's, it's only going to get better for those in the light, those who are outside of this light. God's not offering another light. It's the light of Christ, the light of the Lamb, the light of the Word of God. Those three things can never be separated. God's not all, he's, you can't just sit back and say, well, I see what God's doing in your church, but God's doing... No, God's not doing something else in, the, in that church. He's offering more knowledge. He's offering more truth. He, he, he's, the Lord is really grieved over the amount of learning that doesn't result in the knowledge of the truth which is Christ and Him crucified. Truth liberates. Truth uh, uh, frees us from the sin nature and from the the chains and the bondages of our own flesh daily. And it also gives us the grace of God to function in ministry. It, It doesn't have us sitting around dreaming 30, 40 years of being a prophet and wanting to be a prophet and wanting to be this and wanting to do that. No, we've already been given the measure of faith that will guide us each step of the way. But if it doesn't have works, it's because we're not functioning in the faith as we should, as we could be. And You know, we, we need to discuss that, and I, I'm sure we have, but let's touch on it for a moment. You can be in the faith, but weak in the faith. Romans 14 is a prime example. It was a paramount learning avenue for me uh, last year that the man given there is an example he's only eating herbs because he thinks that's doing something for him spiritually Paul says he's weak in the faith because he thinks that the more we trust in anything other than the cross the more weak we are because it's not the amount of faith that one has it's the experience of that by which we received the measure of faith that's taking place in our lives that's going to determine our weakness or our strength in the faith. If you're a Christian, you entered into the faith. Even, if, even while you're still eating this and thinking that's doing something for you, see that's that's law, that's, that's legalism. You think you, that's self-transformational. Don't tell me the devil hadn't got his hand stuck in to the church today because he does. The Bible says in Romans 14, that man is weak in the faith but yet we're to receive them. We're not to sledgehammer them out the door. We're to receive them. We're also to let them know they're weak in the faith dangerous place to be weak in the faith especially when you've been offered the truth and you for, and, and you refuse it it gets worse for you then but let me say that again because the Lord got me up out of the bed before I, I was already laid down the night before last and I hadn't gone to sleep yet but I had to get up and write this down because it's it's biblically true and the Lord was showing me that telling me this It's not some amount of faith that we have because all Christians have received the measure of faith. Now there are different things that God does in all of our lives by His grace. But it's all through the same measure of faith. You need to understand that. That's what the Bible says. We've received the measure. He's dealt to every man the measure of faith. And it's not some amount that we've been deceived. We've been deceived for years. Most still are. Think that guy's got, boy, he's got lots of faith. Boy, if I had faith like him. No. No. If you would just simply learn how to function in the measure of faith you've been given. And my friend, it's not a week-long course. It's one statement. Make sure the object of your faith is exclusively Jesus, the Son of God, and what He did on the cross as the Lamb of God. That's the moment God dealt to you the measure of the faith of the Son of God. And that's the only avenue through which it will work. The Lord won't work in conforming the man into the image of Christ through His only eating herbs. He's weak in the faith. He's weak in the faith. The Holy Spirit won't strengthen him in that. The Holy Spirit's trying to show him the truth of Christ and his work at Calvary. So let's say it again before we move on. It's not some amount of faith that we have, but it's our experience of that which allowed us to have this measure of faith that will determine our weakness or our strength in the faith. If the purpose-driven life shows up and I grab a hold of that thinking that I can go and get involved in that program or, or that AA is going to deliver me or that, uh, uh, that Celebrate Recovery has got certain avenues of doing, that's go- that, listen, that's all legalistic. That's all me doing. That's not faith in Christ and His doing at Calvary. Not being ugly, but the people who are involved in those things, trusting in those programs and what they're doing in those programs, even those, that they, they say that God birthed these programs. God gives us the gospel, my friend. God gives us the gospel. And those people who are, in, I'm not being ugly. I've been there. I know what it's like. But God has delivered me. How? by showing me the power of the cross. And those people who are involved in those things, it's not that they're not Christians. It's not that they're out of the faith. It's simply that they're weak in the faith. And let me tell you something. There's a danger of being weak in the faith. Paul said some are weak, some are sick, and some are even dying prematurely. Why? What's the reason he gave there in 1 Corinthians chapter 11? Because they're not discerning the Lord's body. The man who's only eating herbs, he's not discerning the Lord's body if he thinks his eating something is maturing him. It's what Jesus did and Jesus did alone that saves and heals and conforms, delivers, fills with the Holy Spirit. It's all all about Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And when we move away from that, it's our flesh lusting after our ability to do something. Come on now. Are you okay this morning? I hope you're being helped this morning. And let me say it again. The more we're trusting in anything other than the cross, the more we are weak in the faith. These, These men who've, taught all these false things for years about faith, wrote all these false things in books by the drove called the fathers of faith, those that God has given these great revelations of faith, if it doesn't point to to the cross and begin and end there as the object of our faith, They're wrong. And though they've had some household names all over the world as the father of faith in our age, the men of faith, and they gather in big conferences, they're weak in the faith if some of them probably aren't even in the faith. But at best... Names made famous and popular for being men of faith, the fathers of faith. Men to a people today say, oh yeah, see, brother, (coughs) pastor, so and so is, is, is my father in the faith and he was weak in the faith all his life. But see, the church is seduced. Those who are strong in the faith are those who are trusting in the cross, learning to trust in the cross alone. And to deal with the consequences without throwing in the towel that come with that. The loneliness, the criticism, the persecution. We'll be talking about that (coughs) Sunday morning as a message I'll be ministering entitled The Consequences of Faith. Make sure you tune in at 10 on Sunday morning. The stronger one is in the faith, It depends on the amount one is trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. And hopefully you and me are learning of the Holy Spirit as he guides us into more truth to trust in that work alone. At the cross is where Jesus Ended. He, he didn't just end, hear me, in Revelation 1 and 8. He says he is the beginning and the ending. But I don't believe it's in that order. I believe he became the ending right there in his death of everything <coughs> that would be washed away, totally and utterly destroyed eventually one day and thrown into the lake of fire. But at the same moment, he became the ending of all that he at one time had began. He put an end to it so that he could become the brand new beginning without end to all those that would trust in him and his work there. I want you to get that. The cross is where he authored and finished, perfected, completed our faith. Oh, do we need to ever know that? We, we're so prideful and our flesh lusts so much. I, yes, I said us, 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 you and me. That we want to be able to throw our two cents in. We, we, we want to be able to do. We want to be able to get some credit for this. But we ha, we, there is no place for credit for us. No glory for us except that of Jesus offered to us by the Father. I hope we're getting that today. We have no part to play in our salvation other than bringing a broken heart and a willing mind, just a believing heart that Jesus paid the price. Jesus did all the work. And if anything's being done today to glorify the Father, he's got to be involved in that as well or it is not faith. Hallelujah. Let's read a little more. Verse 17, let's look at it again. (coughs) Sorry, before before we move on. Even so faith... If it doesn't have works is dead. But let's think about uh, the church in Sardis that we'll begin teaching on this next Wednesday night. Sardis is told by the Lord Jesus Christ that you've got a name that you're alive but you're dead. They were living. They were physical, moving. They, they They had works galore because the way a church has a name that it's alive is by its works. And what Jesus was telling them, your faith, it's dead. I'm not recognizing all the works that everybody else is recognizing, giving you a name that you're alive. I see you as dead because your faith is dead. It's not the works of the... Holy Spirit. Those are the only works He acknowledges, which brings us back to a statement I've made for years. I won't stop making it, even though it's made many mad, but it's those who are not learning the way of the cross, and really the Lord wants them to get mad because He knows they got to get mad. The flesh has to be mad before it ends up submitting to a place of gladness and obedience to the Lord. Hallelujah. God only honors what God does. Again, Jesus said, you can't do nothing without me. Not one thing. You can't bear any fruit without me. That means faith in what he did at Calvary. That's what that means. Faith in what he did at Calvary. It's the only fruit-bearing place that God offers men. AA can't bear no fruit. It's works, but the the faith is dead. Because when our faith is in anything other than Christ Christ, and the cross, we're dead. Well, I I might be sitting here talking to you, but Jesus says I'm dead because it takes the works of the Holy Spirit and I can't just do a good work and stamp the Holy Spirit on it. No, no, no. My faith has to be in the cross of Christ. Not, Not me saying it is. Here we are back to words. Not me saying it is, but there being the fruit thereof that it is. Let me say something about the fruit of good works. The testimony is going to be that of the blood of the Lamb. The testimony is going to be that of the blood of the Lamb. It's not just good works. It's not just going around doing good. The church better wake up today. Most of the church is not going to wake up. I hate to be ugly. I I don't want it to be ugly. But almost all of Israel has perished. Except for if we knew the minuteness, if we knew the smallness of the remnant that's been saved throughout the entire ages of Israel, it would would break our hearts. And I want you to know the same thing's happening today. The same thing is happening today with the church. There is a remnant that the Lord is able to bring back to the cross able to bring back to the cross, able to show them that everything else is vain and futile and won't produce anything because it has to be by His Spirit and the Spirit of God works according to a law. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death which points to Calvary and all of the works that you and I, child of God, are called to walk in, Ephesians 2.10, are ordained that we walk in them, but they're only found in Christ Jesus. The works we're called to walk in, we walk in by the leading of the Holy Spirit, but He only guides us through faith in Christ Jesus. That word in, such a small word, but such a directive and uh, such a, a directional word. In Christ points to the work of Christ at Calvary for there is where you and I were immersed into Him. That's right. Not in some local building called a church or in some baptismal water. The Bible says in Romans 6:3, Don't you know? Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ... As many of us have, that have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. Death. If you, if you get that wrong, you're going to be one messed up individual and you're not going to understand the way of the cross and the way of righteousness. You're not going to understand the leading of the Holy Spirit if you think that scripture in Romans 6.3 is talking about water baptism. It's talking about the baptism of Death. Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 5, tells us there's one faith, one baptism. Now we know there's water baptism, there's Holy Spirit baptism, baptized with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, read the book of Acts and start believing the book of Acts. But there's also just one baptism when it comes to our being in Christ with Christ and that's the ba- one baptism one Lord, one faith, one hope, one baptism and that's the bat not in water. it's the baptism into the death of Jesus because that's where we were placed in him and Ephesians 2 and 10 tells us that all the works were ordained to be found walking in are in him. And Colossians 2 and 6 says that as we have received the Lord Jesus Christ like so, walk ye in him. We walk with our faith in his death all of our lives. And if it's not there, faith can have no works. And though there might be many works as the church in Sardis, so many works, they had the biggest billboard for a sign, known all over the region. My Lord, you they have a name, they are a church alive, and it is worth the drive. Jesus shows up and says, No, you got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Because your faith is not the faith i gave you see if it's if, if it's the faith the lord gave us w- the works of the holy spirit are there the lord gave us the measure of faith that was measured out of the faith of the son of god galatians 2:20 who loved us in gave himself for us. That's where the faith came from. We've been given this like precious faith, this measure of like precious faith. And when we try to place that faith in something else, it's not that faith we're operating by any longer because let's go back to the powerful statement I made earlier. Galatians 3, 23 through 25 if we're operating under the do's and the don'ts and the this day or that day and only the herbs or nothing but this or long sleeves, hair, no may, all oh, this, that, don't, I, I, I'm so confused. If we're operating under all the, any of that, you need to hear me today, we're shut up unto the faith. The faith we've been dealt this Precious measure of faith does not operate under law. It does not operate under law. When it is operational, it's delivering us, redeeming us from the law. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We as Christians have been redeemed from the law. We've been delivered from the law. Maybe you're saying, Well, I was never under the law. I, I'm a Gentile. Read Romans 2 14 and 15. The law was even written in our own hearts. <laughs> Just because we're not Jewish or of the the nation of Israel doesn't mean we weren't born into this world bound under the law and it was written in our own hearts and the evidence, the manifestation of it was that through our thoughts from our consciences we were condemning each other, uh, uh, accusing each other or excusing each other of sin. If I'm benefiting of what you're doing that's sinful, then I'll excuse it. But, oh, if you make me mad and I'm no longer benefiting from your sinful activities now, I'll I'll accuse you. See, that's what happens under law. Under grace, this measure of faith guides us. We're led by the Holy Spirit and we're led into more truth. That means not just a bunch of head knowledge, but the experience of that grace That's only found in truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Grace is only found in truth. Grace doesn't function under law. This precious uh, measure of faith we've been given (coughs) won't function under the law. The man who's only eating herbs, his faith can't function there because that's not what God gave it to him to function in. The do's and the don'ts of the law for salvation, the law for growth, the law to be led by the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace. Hallelujah. This is a great teaching for me. Hallelujah. If I'm the only one getting anything out of this, I'm being blessed beyond measure today. But I know I'm not. I know there are people who listen. There are people who are learning. There are people who are being encouraged and edified and and watching dark places that have shaded around their hearts. The light is getting brighter now than the darkness that's there. The the clarity God has given when the truth of God's word is taught. Clarity comes and listen your your level of assurance is going to be based on your level of understanding. Your level of clarity of the scriptures. Listen, if, if you're unsure about some things if, if, if then you, then your assurance is going to be that uh, unsure but when God the Holy Spirit begins to guide you into truth that's the surest thing you can have then you're going to begin to learn to hold that and walk in that truth that you're going to begin to hold that that faith in a true place. you're going to begin to learn what it means to have true assurance of the faith. Hallelujah. I can't wait to get to that portion of the scriptures concerning Bible, Bible faith in light of the cross. We are so honored and blessed by the Lord to be able to be learning what we're learning. And let me say it again, most of the church is not going to come back to this simplicity of Christ. The the only people that are going to come back to this place are the people that finally wake up one day and realize that what they've been trusting in, God didn't give it to them to trust in. They've been pr- playing make-believe and pretend to a lot of people. That's what Christianity is. It's just pretending and make-believe. But listen, it's not that at all when it's true. it's be, It's being it's being led by the spirit of truth and the spirit of grace so that by the grace of God by the spirit of grace we can follow the spirit of truth into all truth and, and, and we don't just learn but we learn and our learning results in the experience of the truth the, the saving truth the experiential uh, deliverance that the truth uh, works for us in our hearts. So let's look at this again. Even, see, it's hard. One little bitty verse like this is so powerful. If faith has not works, it's dead because true biblical faith is never alone. Watch now. A man may say, you have faith and I have works, Show me thy faith without thy works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Let's look at that. A man may say you have faith and I have works. What the Holy Spirit is here saying, you don't have works without faith and he don't have faith without works. But just because somebody's doing something right, appear to be right, doesn't mean they have faith. It takes the Holy Spirit working in and of our in our lives through the right object of faith. Somebody can see you doing a good deed and go right over and do the same thing. Some of the most evil men who ever lived were seen doing good deeds. I can't remember which one it was, but I heard one of uh, one of the the, one, the man that shot Kennedy or the man that shot uh, Abraham Lincoln, one of those I read years ago, emptied his pockets on the street and gave it to some poor kid or poor person on the street. And if you would have seen that, you would have thought, wow, that, that, that's a nice guy. Man, that's a, that's a giving guy. That's a caring guy. But then he went right over and killed one of the presidents. A good deed doesn't mean it's good to God. And the church of Sardis had a name that they were alive. Everybody thought, wow, now that." is a church that's alive. Jesus said, no sir, no sir, it's dead. It's dead. And again, we're going to begin to study that Wednesday night. Make sure you tune in with us on Wednesday nights at 6.40 p.m. Hallelujah. A man may say, you have faith and I have works. Well, show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. See, faith without works is a dead faith, a non-functional faith. And he's talking about, at the, at the utmost, what he's talking about here is not just us doing something, but the working of the Holy Spirit that works through our faith. When our faith is right, the Holy Spirit is working We'll give that person a blanket and a bowl of soup, Hallelujah. But just because a person gives somebody a blanket and a bowl of soup, man, they might be doing that in the Church of Sardis because they've got a name; they're alive. So good works doesn't mean you're alive and functioning in the faith. But see, we we this is this is why it's so important to make sure the object of your faith is the cross. And for the most part, if that's not what you're hearing, it's not going to be, even if you, here it comes, even if you say it is. If a preacher's got his faith in the cross, that's what he's going to be preaching. I'm sorry. Sorry that many won't agree with that. I've taught it for years, and and, and I call it a revealing of what goes on in, in a preacher's life and ministry. Listen to the preacher. He's either always going to be pointing, talking about money or women or movies, or he, he, every message, it's going to come out. and Predominantly, he's, all, he's, he's got one particular thing that, that he's going to always refer to because that's what's in his heart. And we need to have ministers of righteousness that are always being led of the Spirit to show God's people through the Word of God, the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God, the way of righteousness which is one, not two, not three, one, the way of the cross of Jesus Christ. There's not two ways of righteousness. There's one. And if all God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, then that means we've got to see all God's words through that one way of righteousness. His name is Jesus. And what makes Him that way is the way He went through Calvary. Again, That's where he ended everything that's not of God and began, became the new beginning to everything that is and will forever be of God. Right there at Calvary in that death that we have for so many years taken so lightly thought we need to move on beyond it. When the object of your faith moves on beyond Calvary, you die you die. Oh, you may prophesy, you may do this, you may do that. But you die. You're doing it as a dead man without biblical faith. See, the church no longer likes to be confronted with sound doctrine because when they are, it convicts them and they're pretending that what they believe is right, they're shown it's not, and they get angry. It's not that they get angry at ministers and what they call or bashing everybody else. They're the only ones that think they're right. No, it's that their pretending is interrupted because if we're not operating according to the measure of faith, we're pretending... That what we are doing is working. What we are trusting in is working. And God says he's not involved in anything that's not the gospel. Here it comes, Psalms 33, 4. I don't quote it like I used to. I've got a plaque right up on the wall. You can't see it. It's right above where the screen is. But it's Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right. That's all that's right. That's right. For the word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. In truth. When the Spirit of truth is trying to guide us into more truth, all truth, it's because that's the only place He will work. See, sound doctrine. We hear that and we say, no, well, no, I don't. And the reason we disagree with it is because all the things that we've called God at work, we would now have to be honest with ourselves and turn around and look at all of it, and in all honesty, according to what we're hearing now, the truth of the Scripture, sound doctrine, a lot of that we'd have to re-stamp it as it was not God. You see, the man who's weak in the faith He will have to wake up one day to the reality that he's only pretending his only eating herbs is getting him consecrated, is getting him conformed into the image of Christ, is getting him some fruit and growth and maturity in the things of the Lord. If he doesn't wake up and admit that's wrong, if he doesn't wake up and admit he's been seduced and he's been weak in the faith, he's in big trouble. Because the more the devil sees that we're believing something other than what Christ has done for us is working, that's his avenue of flattery. That's his avenue of stealing and killing and destroying. Do you see it? Somebody just saw it. I felt it in my heart. Somebody just had a light bulb go off. Somebody just was shown something of the Lord as a great billboard on this path, this journey the Lord has you on. Now we're all learning and we're all having to learn to wake up again today and admit, I've been trusting in something now that can't be helping me because it's what I'm doing. And I'm by no means saying that we don't have Bible study, that we don't pray, that we don't fast and pray, that we don't get planted in a local church. Well, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing led by the Holy Spirit, and we know it's Him leading us because it's scriptural and that our faith is anchored in Christ and Him crucified. Now, with our faith there... That's the place the Holy Spirit legally, Romans 8-2, legally has an opportunity now to function in my life, guiding me into all truth. If my faith is in something other than the cross of Christ, I'm not even functioning with that measure of faith I've been dealt. I'm back to functioning with some faith that just everybody, everybody has. The whole world functions by faith. But when you believe with the heart under the righteous work of Christ at Calvary, God deals to you the measure of faith and that faith for those who repented in the church of Sardis, they could get back on track, repent, get back on track and now not only have the title of alive in Christ but begin to live in Christ again. Hallelujah. How powerful is that? Glory to God. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to pray for us for we're on the battleground. We're under the attack of the enemy at all times. He hates anybody in any ministry who's declaring sound doctrine that the Lord has laid up for his righteous people who always points to the place he had the power of death taken from him, Hebrews 2.14, and where he was revealed as the liar and where he is also seen as the liar. And now we grow in wisdom and begin to learn the truth and become less and less ignorant of the wiles and schemes of the enemy to the people of God. Praise God. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for praying for us. And thanks to all of you who've been stirred by the Lord to sow into this ministry and help us be able to have the meat that we have in this storehouse. God bless you. And if he stirs your heart to give again, and if he's never stirred your heart to give, and he is today, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can give by simply texting the word give to the number 903 231 5950. God bless you. We love you. Help us share these teachings across the world's airwaves on social media. Help us be publishers of the truth of God's Word. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here at Crossway Church. Till then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. Ha <laughs> ha